Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week, this week in week. This Week in Geek, we talk about horror movies, voice actors, and new stream tech. Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of This Week in Geek. And we are, what is it, two weeks away from Halloween? Yeah, just yeah. under two weeks, yeah. Oh my goodness, spooky season is sadly coming to an end. And I yeah. Yeah. I have not spooked myself enough yet, and I have don't have time to go to any of the uh, the haunting things like Six Flags, which is right by me, or Universal Studios, which is amazing, or the Queen Mary, which is also really cool. Is there any like haunted houses or mazes or any like spooky stuff to do up in the Bay Area, Kevin? I know that like kind of in the more rural areas, there are like corn mazes and haunted houses. Hmm. Um. I I don't do horror good. Uh, I ah. I would shit myself. So, uh, my spooky season consists of maybe reading like one really scary manga, and then curling up in a ball for like a week straight. So, ah. I, I'm here for the uh, I'm here for the candy and <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe something else on the side. But yeah, that's about it. I mean, candy is honestly the best part of spooky season. The spookiness oh, yeah. in horror movies comes second, but the candy always is king. Yes, yeah, number one. <laughs> um, we are recording on a Wednesday today because Monday I was needing to go to sleep early to drive to work, which took me two hours because that's Los Angeles for you. And then yesterday you went to a trivia night, Kevin, right? I am hosting a trivia night now. You're hosting. Uh, I, I am the I'm the host of trivia nights over at uh my local Dave and Busters. So Oh, that's um, so cool. I did not so, know yeah. that. It's it's something that like I, I just kind of need, you know, something to do so I don't rot in the house all day. Um, And the guy who normally runs it was like, hey, uh, he's flying to Austin, Texas. So he's like, I need someone to fill in for the night. If you can do it, like, I'll make sure that your tech is all good. And then as long as you guys could like as long as you could just run it, we're, we're all good for the rest of the night. And I'm like, OK, cool. Uh, So I got a rundown like a while ago. Um, and this is like my first night, like fully running it because next week I'm also running it myself. So that's another thing that I have to like get used to. I got to talk to all the, uh, management and everyone else who works at the local Dave and Busters and yeah, everything's pretty chill. It's just, uh, it's a lot of fun. Hmm. How did it go? How how was everything? And how was it? Um, I think, do you yeah. get your own do you make up your own clues or is it given to you so uh, like i'm i'm working with like a company that makes all of the uh they they make all the trivia questions and like the format of it 
Um, gotcha. I'm just there to run it. So even when I show up for the night, I don't know what the questions are. And sometimes I'm learning with the audience at the same time. So that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of really interesting questions and stuff that just comes up over the course of the night. And obviously there's like some of them where like, you don't know how to pronounce certain like <laughs> words and you're just like, ah, I look like an idiot, but just got to do at your least... best. Yep. Do anything else fun and geeky this week? I have not been to a trivia night in so long, but I miss it because they are fun. I went to uh, my local, I went to my Kino Kunia this today, today. Hmm. Um, I got like 10 books, I think. Um, Yeah, most of Good it haul. was because there was like stuff that I wanted to get uh, that came out on the 17th. Um, but I also missed out on some of the stuff that happened the week before. So I, I got those books while I could as well. Um, and yeah, other than that, just been shooting some TikToks here and there. Um, and just trying to keep that channel up afloat too. So yeah. Um, other than that, most of the stuff we will be diving into, um, as, as we get into the podcast tonight, but yeah, uh, that, that's what I've done geeky wise. It's just, oh, I've also, uh, I, I want to, I want to ask you about this as well. Okay. Question time. When, when someone is first starting to watch star Wars, right? Oh, what is the what is the order that you that you recommend? Oh, are we are we including machete order here or are we? Wait, what's machete order? Machete order is where you you chop up. Oh, like half a movie? No, 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 no. no. Like you you don't go like one, two, three, four, five, six or four, five, six, one, two, three. Are we including just like custom orders? Because that's that's like what machete order is. I've never, I've never heard of a machete like, order. People call it machete order because you're chopping up the trilogies. Yeah, um, people have their like specific, like there's a, there's a specific Star Wars machete order. I don't subscribe to their specific one. Let me see if I can find out the official machete order. Star Wars, because that sounds wild. Uh, the reason why I'm asking this is because like my sister has never <laughs> like watched Star Wars completely through, and. My mom and dad, I'm pretty sure they sat me down and they made me go four, five, six, one, two, three. Okay. Uh, okay. Which is like, you know, the the two trilogies, but starting with the older one first. Yeah, that's um, that's what people traditionally say. So official yeah. machete order, I believe, okay. is four, five, one, two, three, six. And if you're not counting the the new stuff. Um Okay. You can also throw in Rogue One before four yeah because i think honestly rogue one is the best star wars movie in my opinion it's fantastic it's it's Um, great i love i love rogue one i saw a machete order where they said skip one just don't do one so don't do don't do phantom menace don't do phantom menace because everyone hates jar jar but you need phantom menace to understand who anakin is yeah um so okay so here is my a fit my personal machete order um, if you're including Rogue One, you start with Rogue One. Um, mm-hmm. Then you go four. Then you because mm-hmm. that introduces who Luke Skywalker is. Then mm-hmm. you go to one, two, three because four tells you about like who Luke is, who Obi Wan is, who Darth Vader is. Uh-huh. Um, and then you flash back to 
who Anakin is and back to Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan just dies in four. Spoiler yeah. alert for a yeah. for 40 year old, 50 year old movie, <laughs> from the 70s. Um, so Obi-Wan dies. You go back to his story with one, two, three. Um, uh-huh. And then you find out, or no. No, you have four, five. No, it's okay. It's four, one, two, then five, because then you flash back to Luke and then you get the reveal that Anakin is Vader. Uh huh. Because you, you spent time with, with, um, Obi Wan. With young Anakin with, and Obi Wan. And then you know at some point that Obi Wan says that Vader kills Anakin, right? Yes. You, you get through that. Then you find out that Vader is Anakin and then you get the reveal of how that happens with, with three. With three. And you finish with six. Got it. So my personal machete order, because of those reasons, is Rogue One, four, one, two, five, three, six. Okay, I could I could see how that fits. And that's like very much parallel. The drama of it, yeah, yeah, it does. It pl- it's all centered around the reveal that Anakin is Vader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That that's actually really cool. I might I might try that out. Um, I've been like, yeah, my, my parents have always told me, you know, four, five, six, one, two, three, but I do. That's I, the traditional. I would, yeah. I would never think to splice in like the, the two like different trilogies in order to like bring the story together a little bit better, which I, I might, I might have to try. Um, but yeah, uh, there was that. And then like, my sister's like. Yeah, where, where does like the Mandalorian or like X, Y, and Z happen? And I'm like, oh wait, no, <laughs> like, oh well, Mandalorian's that, in the future. That's yeah, that's, that's like that's like a story stuff. thing. And this I'm like, like where, that's uh, in between, um, the original trilogy and then the new Disney trilogy. Yeah, it's that's like in between that stuff. Yeah, because like my sister's only like experience watching Star Wars is seven, eight, nine, and I'm like. Oh, <laughs> You don't go there. <laughs> Just forget those exist. We're we're good. Um, but I mean, I've watched a good amount of Star Wars stuff. I'm not like I I want to watch Ahsoka. I haven't done that yet. Um, but I have watched all of Star Wars Visions. I've gone through all of Clone Wars. I need to um, do Clone Wars. I need to finish it. I'm only on season one. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird just, because like there's so there much are... I hate the announcer's voice, even though I know he's like yeah. a well-respected voice actor. He's done a thousand things. I just, I hate the, and now we are back into the Star Wars world, and this is what is happening in <laughs> this episode. I hate yeah. it so much. I can't watch it. It's, I, I had a friend who had, like, a list of the chronological order, which is not the release order. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of people are like, oh, wait, why is this happening, and why why does this happen here? And I'm like, oh, okay. And then... Like I watched the entirety of the Clone Wars, and then I remember watching, like, the third movie, like Revenge of the Sith, right? Yeah. And I was like, that just seems like such a quick turn, like a quick flip. But if you know that, like, like Episode Three of like Revenge of the Sith takes place over the course of the Clone Wars as well, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, so he's not just like he just didn't flip for fun. It was like a progressive thing. Yeah, yeah. Just took There's years. a whole series of of yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, because when I was first watching, I was like, man, like 
Yeah, Anakin just like flipped something. Like, what what's going on? And I was like, no, wait, there was a mm-hmm. whole thing that yeah. went on. So, like, movie Anakin is very different than show Anakin. Yeah, but overall, like, uh, I know it's a good series. I'm waiting for my sister to like get through it. I I think it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be interesting, especially if I do a like a machete order. Not that I would subject her to that, but I think I'd do it for fun. I mean, I I think as long as you preserve the idea that Vader is Anakin, like, I mean, I feel like most people know already just because mm-hmm. the memes, the memes and the history, and it's just baked into all of pop culture. But if you're getting yeah. like a child who's never yeah. heard that Vader is Anakin, you have to preserve that, I think, that mystery in order to really get the full effect. Because back in the day, yeah. like, when people first found out that Vader and Anakin are the same guy, dude. Yeah, that that was mind blowing. I can't. Um, I I honestly cannot imagine anything close to that kind of cinematic reveal or moment, except for like when we see who dies in a uh, Infinity War. I think that's the closest yeah. that we've ever gotten, really. Um, but I mean, since we started on you was talking about your trip to. Kino Cunha already. Why don't we why don't we just start with your stuff this week? Since we're already Oh, there. okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh let's go ahead and move on through this. All right, cool. Um, first thing that I want to talk about, let's talk about stream stuff. Uh tech-wise, we got a kind of a big drop from Elgato to, uh a couple days ago. Um, actually. So um I know that I have problems with this. Uh my my brain's kind of stupid, and this is the reason why I bought like a bulk pack of post-it notes is because whenever I'm casting, I have a hard time not only remembering the team that's playing, the names, what round we're on, um, but also like the basic information of like what's the name of the tournament, who am I casting with, so on and so forth. I like to have that like within my eyeline, right? Mm-hmm. Um well Elgato announced that they are releasing a prompter, a an Elgato prompter. Which is, in other words, a teleprompter that is made specifically for computers and for streaming. Um, the main thing that they were like pushing when it came to this kind of uh, tech was the idea that you could attach any webcam behind it. It is uh, fine with DSLRs, with the Elgato webcam that they, that they provide. Um, cell phones as well can also be used for this. Um, but it is a... Uh, it's a teleprompter. Um, the main thing that people were saying that you would use it for is to use it for chat. If you guys are, um, if you guys have chat up for your side of a uh, Twitch streaming, that way your eye line doesn't go off to the side and it looks like you're actually looking at, uh, looking at the person or looking at chat when you're answering to them. Um, they were saying other implications of this is uh doing a. Um, doing a zoom call where it looks like you're mm. actually looking at the camera and not having to like worry about uh, your eyes like moving over to wherever it is always going to be locked in on the camera um, and you don't really have to worry about it and also same thing with like scripted content if you guys do like uh, video essays where you address the camera you guys could keep all of that all in one space and make it easy for you to interact with your audience as well as have, have a prompter for you um, it works the same way as a second monitor where you can plug it into your main PC. Um, and it's just, 
you just drag and drop stuff onto it. So it could be uh, scrolling text if you need it. Um, main thing that people were saying is like chat when you guys are doing stuff for um, when you're doing stuff live on Twitch. Um, but it is a very interesting piece. Um, and a lot of people have been uh, looking and been trying out all of this stuff um, in the past few months uh, without, well, like with their test like uh, version of it. Um, but yeah, we, we finally have a mini, uh, a mini teleprompter that you can buy uh, for your house um, or for your stream setup. Um, currently right now on the Elgato website, it is listed at $280. It is a little, is it a pricey, it's a pricey bit. Um, but, um, depending on if you guys want to use something like this, I know that at least for, for me, I would like to have something like this for not only like content creation, um, but also being able to like cast and have my notes up at the same time. I feel like that is really big, um, for at least commentary and casting in general. Um, I mean, depending on how often you use it, you know, it could yeah. be like a very worthwhile investment. Yeah. And I feel like it, it also like for for videos and stuff uh, as well, it's less tedious than having post-its everywhere, which, yes, it will be the end of the uh, Kevin having post-its everywhere on his monitor era, but um, <laughs> it it will usher in at least like something where I can keep engaged with chat and with other content and whatnot um so i do think that that's pretty cool um it's more ecologically friendly yeah um but yeah overall it is a really interesting little little piece uh we'll see if there are any other things that you can do with elgato i know that like it does have stream deck integration if you guys have a stream deck as well um, so you can choose like what goes up on the screen how fast it scrolls how fast uh, like uh, the face type, what makes it easier for you. Um, all of that is an option. So um, most likely they are saying that you could order it now. Um, it's on pre-order right now, actually. Um, if And then they said if you pre-order it now, the most likely time that you'll get it is around Christmas. Um, around December is when the actual release of this uh, will happen. But for now, a lot of streamers, big streamers have gotten their hands on it. Um, from Elgato just to see like how does this feel for you as a content creator is there anything we should change uh, before we release it to the public um, but yeah uh, if you guys are interested in a teleprompter uh, the Elgato just announced this it is uh, something that most likely if you guys are going to TwitchCon they will have an option to uh, to try this out probably at the Elgato booth All right. Uh, from the prompter, let's talk about another new thing that has come out. I know a lot of people were talking about, um, or Megacrit was one of the companies who is known for doing a lot of stuff in Unity. Their biggest game is one other than Slay the Spire. Um, they they created Slay the Spire. Um, they when Unity made the announcement that they were going to, uh. They were going to start charging people by the number of downloads a game gets. Um, Unity, like Megacrit announced, like, hey, we've been working on a game for two years in Unity. It's not like going to work that well. Um, 
So what they did essentially is they tried out a new, like a different type of software. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, uh, I'm pretty sure it was like only like five days ago, they tweeted like, hey, we have a demo of our new game available and it's free. If you guys want to try it, go and get it. Um, so uh, if you guys do want to take a shot, it is called Dancing Duelists. I've played, I think, probably a good like three or four hours of this game already. Um, how it works is it is an auto battler. So it's like similar to um, it, it's more similar to Super Auto Pets, but it does have a deck building element to it. Um, so you start out with like a regular character. Um, they each have a certain quirk. And then it's a matter of utilizing the cards that you get. You get two cards per round. Um, you get to pick those, add them to your deck, and then they auto battle some other person who has another uh, deck with the same amount of cards that you do. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. At first, I was like, okay, this, this is another like deck builder from Megacrit. But then again, I remember like, okay, Megacrit does a really good job of like deck building games. But also adding this uh, auto battle uh, like format to it makes it a lot easier than and less strategy that has to go into it. So uh, would recommend it. Uh, go on to uh, their Twitter or their X, uh, whatever Elon's calling it right now, um, to go ahead and get uh, a copy of Dancing Duelist. It is free. Uh, you can download it for your PC and just have fun with it. Um, but yeah that it, I've been I've been playing that one quite a bit. Um it's a lot of fun. Okay, uh let's move on into a couple more mainstream games. Let's talk about Pokemon Unite. Um number one thing that we have to discuss. Uh first, we we got Mimikyu. Mimikyu is now in the game. Um if you guys do play Pokemon Unite, uh Mimikyu has joined the fray. Um, we don't know how strong it is. It literally came out like earlier today, so uh, we're still figuring that out. Um, but the more important part is that there was a Pokemon Unite patch. A lot of us were getting discouraged from the game because of the overwhelming pressure that uh, that Mewtwo Y provided and made the game almost uh, it made it almost unplayable. It was really tough to like feel good about the game in the state that it was in um but recently they nerfed not only Mewtwo Y um they nerfed Blissey and they also nerfed Lapras which are three Pokemon that are that have been kind of in the mainstay ever since like the beginning of Worlds and it's just been kind of the same format and I'm glad that it's changing up a little bit um Urshifu also got a little bit of a nerf so he's not as strong or overpowered um, as he is, but there is a lot that we have to keep in mind in terms of like everything else in the game. Um, we don't know what the patch looks like and what um, we know what we know what changed in the patch. We don't know how much the meta will shift with this. So that is a lot that we have to keep in mind, and hopefully, uh, the game will be in a lot more better of a state. Um, I have yet to play it. I have to log back in and play a couple rounds of Unite, but honestly, we got a good patch that tries to even out everything, and that's exactly what's going on. And how many characters are there now in the game? Ooh, that's, uh, I think that puts it at, I want to say 39. 
I'm not a hundred percent. Wow. Come on, unite roster. Nope, I am way off. We are at. Is this really ten across? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. We are at fifty nine Pokemon in the game. Ooh. Um, that is not including. Well, that is including uh split evolution lines. So. Mewtwo X and Y are two separate ones, and same thing with uh, Scissor uh, Scissor Scyther. Mm. Uh, but if you don't count those, we are at we are still at uh, we're still at fifty seven Pokemon in the game. So it's still a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's quite a bit. Um, I mean, the one that got kind of swept under the rug was Blaziken, because Mewtwo Y was still so prominent that Blaziken didn't have a shot to like even get played. Um. And still hasn't been played that much, but it did get a buff, and it and Mewtwo Y got an Earth, so uh, we might be seeing the Age of Blaziken. Um, another Pokemon that got a pretty prominent buff was Decidueye, so if you guys do like the Owlbird uh, Dead Ghost one, you can pick that one up. Um, I know for me, I'm kind of just excited to see it, where the game goes from here. Um, I, I like the concept of the game, I, I like it when it's nice and even and we have a lot of variety in the meta. And I feel like this is a really good time to go ahead and see where uh, certain Pokemon are going to go and uh, where the balance is going to kind of shift things. Um, but yeah, uh, exciting news for Pokemon Unite. New balance patch and uh, Mimikyu is now in here. I don't even think... Oh, Mimikyu is not even on this list. So we are at 58 Pokemon total. Cool. Uh, let's go from one trading card game to the other. Uh, let's talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! a little bit. The main thing that I do want to point out is um, in Duel Links, we did get a new event. Um, if you guys do play uh, Pokemon Master Duel, not, not Duel Links, Master Duel. Um, if you guys play Master Duel, um, there is a new Duel event going on right now. Uh, this is a classic Duelist Cup. Um, in other words, it's like rank... Um, but you have to play uh, against other players, and then you see how far you can go within this small, uh, small amount of time. Uh, you also get the incentive of getting more gems. If you guys are trying to open up more packs, you guys could play through that. Um, but yeah, that that's what I would. That, that's all I gotta say. If you guys have more, uh, if you guys want to take a shot at Master Duel and play a little bit more, um, I know that Kashtira has finally hit it, so. Uh, that's another thing that we have to keep our eyes out for. Um, but yeah, uh, that's pretty fun for the most part. Uh, let's go from let's go from that to the manga news, and that, this will wrap up everything that I got to say. Um, as stated last week, uh, this week is kind of the craziest release weeks that I've ever seen in in a manga release history, at least recently. Hence um, picking up ten books. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so. We have uh, Blue Lock 9, Laidback Camp 14, Parasite Hardcover number 4, Kowloon 4, uh, Golden Kamui 30, uh, Boys Abyss 3, Free Ren, uh, yeah, Free Ren 9, Spy Family 10, and Bochi the Rock have all come out this week. Um, that is quite a bit. I did pick up most of these for myself, and I'm ready to uh, get through it for my own collection. Um, next week, once again, it's a little bit more tame, but there are a couple of them that you can keep in mind. Um, the first one is uh, Go Go Loser Ranger 7. 
Um, that is if the Power Rangers were actually the bad guys instead of the good guys. Um, it's a very interesting concept. If you guys do want to read it, um, number the one that follows that up is the Boxer, uh, Volume Four. That is a manhua, um, full color. Uh, it's about a guy who is, uh, trying to figure out his purpose in life and picks up boxing and becomes one of the best. Um, it's really interesting to see uh how the character is progressing um and then in rom-com wise we do have skip and loafer eight um i've been reading this it's kind of like my my chill uh series at the moment um if you guys are looking for your little spooky thing as well um we did we will be getting the box set for promise neverland also dropping on the 24th so uh, next week if you guys want to read about promise neverland or have never heard of promise neverland that is another spooky one that um season one uh of the anime was really good um and i heard season two drop the ball but at least the Ooh. manga goes really really well with what it was attempting to achieve and what it did achieve so um this is one of those ones where it's like you could watch season one of the anime you want to read to the end in the manga but yeah that that wraps it up for everything that i got this week um we'll see if there is anything else if you guys are doing more uh i i know that overwatch 2 at the moment i know that we'll talk we'll probably talk about it a little bit more but the halloween event is back um i don't know exactly what's going on i haven't logged in I myself i enjoyed it i enjoyed the new mode i know um, that people are talking about it is it I mean, is it like another Drunkenstein's thing or is it another like one similar? from like a couple of nights or like a couple of years ago where it's like exploring like a map again? It's kind of it's kind of both. It's it's more similar to uh, the more recent the one before this one where it's hmm. you can kind of explore a little bit, but it's more along the lines of like strict Junkenstein where. You can, mm-hmm. it's just wave after wave. It's not so much like going through on a quest. There's a little bit you can explore in the map, but it, it's fairly small. It's pretty much just the inside of the castle in um in Blizzard World. So it, it's not all that big. Um, But what's fun about it is that you get, like with each separate wave of like boss-ish, I guess, like after you kill a boss or you kill like the loot goblin, which is, Junkrat, like your character can upgrade their um their abilities and weapons and it changes how the game is played a little bit and the thing is is people were thinking that oh this is probably like leftovers from the uh the pve skill trees that they promised so it's interesting to see where it could have gone like where that pve skill tree branching out in the um in the story mode could have been going um it's also interesting to note that in a story online recently that I read that Overwatch 2 is not able to properly matchmake anymore because there's not enough people playing the story mode for them to make a full group. So it's just matching people with bots or not working, which is, I love that for you, Blizzard. That's great. Okay, so moving on to the news that I found this week. And... Just like the past other weeks, we're going to start this one with a list. Woohoo! Yay! I enjoy lists. Let me find the right list. Okay. So, 
because it's spooky season, as we have mentioned several times in this podcast already, um, we are going to do a list of the top 25 best horror movies as ranked by uh, IGN. Again, because what other lists of note have I done that I actually trust? <laughs> um, but yeah, so these are just 25 of the best horror movies that are out there. Um, they're use IGN used the overall movie quality, impact on the genre, legacy potential, fright slash creepy factor, um, and quote editor's choice to put this list together. So I'm gonna go through the top, I guess, 20, and then Kevin after that. Do you want to guess the top five before or after I give my uh I I, I feel like if I like I feel like once if you go through the top twenty of the twenty five, I'm gonna be left with like a small pool. All right, so okay, give me your five first, then. Yeah. Okay. We're we're talking like, we're we're talking straight up horror, right? Like yeah. it can't be okay. 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 Well, wait, it can't be what? I mean, like, I it it includes like regular. Uh, okay. I think I'll just I'll just go off of like traditional horror then if in my opinion. If you perceive opinion. it as horror, I'm pretty sure it can be counted as horror. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, um, Jurassic Park, I would argue, is horror because it's a creature feature and it does have a lot of horror elements to it. Other some people okay. say it's not. I say it's on the verge of it. I so I would count it personally. Okay. Um Okay, so I want to preface this by saying I don't like horror films, <laughs> but I was forced to take a history of horror film in in college. So, and that didn't cure you? It did not. <laughs> uh, it I I watched some, and I'm like I don't I don't I don't like it. Um, but I do think that there are a lot of films that would be considered horror that should probably be in this top at least the top 25 okay um my i think it's got to be at least like two or three in my opinion i have to put silence of the lambs mm-hmm. okay uh silence of the lambs is probably one of the creepiest like performances i mean anthony hopkins was great um he doesn't blink at all in the entire film um <laughs> and yeah, that's creepy. Um, I think you have to put Psycho up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's just because you know Hitchcock has, you know, the the master of suspense should have something up there. Oh, yeah. Um, I think on top of that, we have to go with like classic stuff. I would love to see. I mean. The vastness of it, but I, I, okay, I'm going to put The Shining in there. I think that one's just like a really solid, like, horror film. Um, I'm going to put, what, ah, Frankenstein could be in there. Nosferatu as well, because it was in Spongebob, but. <laughs> for the memes. <laughs> for the memes. Um, I think that it. it It'd probably get up there. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Jaws. I think it's not 
that much of a horror now, but yeah. it, it did create like a stigma fear. Yeah. And there's a good jump scare in that movie. There's yeah. A very excellent jump scare. Yeah. Got me. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one that like comes to mind when I think horror was like Pee Wee Herman's great adventure, <laughs> but that's just because of, you know, the large marsh scene, but that's, that's one that sticks to my mind, but that wouldn't be in this list. Um, All right. So official five, I know you said, okay. Um, Silence of the, Silence Lambs, of the Lambs, The Shining, Psycho, um, Jaws. And then my last one, I think I will put. I'll put the poltergeist. No, Ooh. not poltergeist. Um, I'll put the the grudge. Ooh, I'll okay. put the grudge. So that's those are all very good. Okay, so let's start from twenty five. Scream from nineteen ninety six. Okay, that's the original. Nosferatu is twenty four from nineteen twenty two. If you can believe it. Yep. So. The meme made the list at some point. Let's go. Blair Witch Project from 1999. Okay. It didn't scare me, I personally. It's it birthed the found footage in uh uh-huh. faux documentary genre of, of horror. So yeah. That's why it's on this list. Dracula from 1931. Yeah. 28 days later from 2002. Very interesting mm. zombie movie. The Fly from 1986. That's a that's a good one. Horrific, horrific yes. film. Cronenberg just nightmare fuel. Yeah. 19. An American Werewolf in London from 1981. Okay. This is an interesting one. I did not expect it to be on this list, but it's in a lot of film textbooks. Um, Let the Right One In from 2008. It is a scandin a sweet Swedish film specifically. Um, it's a a vampire film. Okay. So, Suspiria from 1977 is 17. Dawn of the Dead from 2004 is 16. 15 is A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. Okay. Poltergeist from 1982 is 14. Okay. The Thing from 1982 is 13. All right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 1974 is at 12. All right. Rosemary's Baby from 1968 is number 11. I had a red paper on this one. Yep. Mm. I'm surprised it's this high. But it it did have like a really creepy like vibe to it because like at first you just think oh well like it's got a good twist I would say as well. I mean she's giving birth to the baby the devil baby so I mean yeah. Especially back in the day, like in the 60s, going into the 70s. We're not in the satanic panic yet of the 80s. But still, yeah. like, the devil was a very big issue back then. All right. Number 10, Night of the Living Dead from 1968. Okay, yeah, that's a classic. Getting into single digits. Okay. Evil Dead 2 from 1987, which essentially is just a remake of Evil Dead 1 with a bigger budget. And it mm-hmm. is, is better. Um. Number eight, Silence of the Lambs from 1991. There we go. So single digits, but not quite top five. Jaws from 1975. So okay. it does count as horror. Yay. Number six is Alien from 1979. 
which I thought this would be higher, honestly. Yeah. I mean, the iconic nature of just Rip, Ellen Ripley and the Xenomorphs. I thought this would be at least top five, but top six is respectable. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, number five from 1935 is The Bride of Frankenstein. Okay. So you were close when you kind of, you mentioned Frankenstein earlier, not quite the sequel Bride of Frankenstein. Okay. Um, I I appreciate this movie. I had to watch it for film class. There's one character that James Whale, who is the director, casted in all of his like classic horror movies. It's like the screaming old woman. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember her name. She She's an Irish actress, but like he thought she was the funniest thing ever but she's just so shrill and annoying. And she like, I, I watched the invisible man recently and she's in it too, because it was also directed by James whale, most shrill, annoying woman to ever take the stage <laughs> or screen. I, I was enjoying the movie and then she, Oh, she's in the beginning and then she doesn't appear again, but like she's the worst actor of the era. Hate her. <laughs> she's dead now. So I can say it, but <laughs> number four, Halloween from 1978, which I can okay. see this. I I honestly think it's the most boring of like the mm-hmm. mainstream of the Halloween movies. I I honestly really like the remakes. Um, this one was kind of dull, but for the time, like the idea of of a home invader was just so terrifying because like this is the 70s. Like no one locked their doors. Yeah. Um, but it's it's one of the the initial movies of the slasher genre. Number three is Psycho from 1960. So you got one. Yay. Number two is The Exorcist from 1973, which the new one, I need to write a review on it for the thing that I, one of the things I do. Um, But the new one just came out. It was, it was okay. It was entertaining. The sequel to The Exorcist is a, awful soulless cash grab that has no exorcism in it really at all um but the first one like terrified people mm-hmm. it was purported to be cursed because of all the awful things that happened on set like people kept getting injured some people's rel- plenty of people's relatives were dying um lots of stuff like that um the catholic church endorsed it because they said it's a, an accurate depiction of what a, an exorcism is like. And I honestly would have expected the church to be like, Oh, this is demonic and devilish. You shouldn't watch it, but no, it, it, it got that seal of approval. So a lot of the, the terror and all of the, uh, the cursedness of it, I think hyped up the movie more than the movie itself. And number one from 1980 is the shining. Yeah. So you've got, one, two. I think the only one that wasn't on this list was The Grudge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think The Grudge is honestly scarier than a lot of the movies on this list. Uh-huh. Um, are we, now, are we talking about the original Japanese Grudge or the remake? I I watched the original Japanese one and that, that scared it's me better. shitless. It's I, 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 <laughs> I would never do it again. So good. Like the original Japanese of those are so good. Like Japanese horror and like Korean horror. 
yeah do not compare like american horror needs to step up its game honestly like train to busan even and all the all yeah. of them just keep getting remade but like never have an asian lead i think the only mm-hmm. movie that i know of that's like based on asian horror that actually has an asian person in a, in a significant role is one of the remakes of the grudge i think john mm-hmm. Cho, i haven't seen it john cho i know had a, a pretty big role in it but that's the only one so hooray for spooky season um moving on kind of tying more into spooky season as well and also something that ties into stuff from last week but kevin last week i was talking about reading bone and you compared it to calvin and hobbs right Mm -hmm. funny you should bring up that comparison because um bill watterson who was the author and illustrator of calvin and hobbs just came out with a new book it is Hmm. called the mysteries and it is nothing like calvin and hobbs at all so do not go into this book (laughs) expecting it to be like calvin and hobbs if you want something that's like calvin and hobbs either a read calvin and hobbs b read a a sunday comic strip or c just read bone but the (laughs) mysteries is a book collaboration between bill watterson and John Cashed, I, I think is how you pronounce his name. Um, so they, they worked on this together. It's I'm gonna read the, the back description for you. It I can't it just came out, I think, last week or yeah, last week. In a fable for grown-ups by cartoonist Bill Watterson, a long-ago kingdom is afflicted with unexplainable calamities. Hoping to end the torment, the king dispatches his knights to discover the source of the mysterious event. Years later, a single battered knight returns. Um, the illustrations in it are sufficiently creepy. They're they're not. They don't look like they're drawn. They look like they've been like modeled out of clay or or something or like built. It's like it looks like a combination of drawing and sculpture. In my opinion, mm-hmm. it could also honestly just be drawings. I think there's at least some element of sculpture to it, at least for some of the drawings. Um, but it pretty much is just like an adult picture book it it's black and white it's like you can read through this in in five minutes honestly um it's very interesting if you're not super into collecting things like creepy adult picture books or if you're not really in like a huge fan of, of bill watterson i as much as i want to support artists and their art if you're not into the creepy aspect of it, I wouldn't say pick it up. Like I would say, go into Barnes and Noble, read it, and then walk away or get it from a library. <laughs> like just just flip through it, like find a hidden corner, flip through it, put it back. Um, I picked it up and I bought it because I I was in a rush and I didn't think to do that at the time. And also, I've been like waiting for this book for forever, so I said might as well buy it. And I'm a huge fan of Calvin and Hobbes, so yeah, I did that. But, um. Just be be prepared that it's nothing like actual Calvin and Hobbes stuff. It's it's nothing like we've seen from Bill Hob- Bill Watterson before. But it's a it's a very poignant story. It's a very interesting story. The art is very striking and very unique. So if you have the disposable income, uh I would recommend it. But also, again, it's it's so short for twenty dollars that. You could also just pass on it. 
moving on. So from one physical media aspect being book to another, um, Kevin, we this is a sad, a sad story because Best Buy is now looking to phase out carrying physical media in the coming year. Um, according to IGN, this is going to be happening in early 2024 in store and online that Best Buy will discontinue carrying physical DVDs and Blu-ray discs. Allegedly, they are still going to be carrying video games in per like physical copies. Um, but because they don't really make as much money as they used to on this, it doesn't really make sense for the company to continue to be carrying physical media. Um, they'll still be carrying them in into this holiday season, but looking at the window between January and March 2024, it the, the those movies are going to be phased out. Kind of sad because I still like obviously I like buying the physical things. I still I've been planning on buying the Barbie movie at some point when I get out of my house and have more disposable money because I've been spending too much recently. But from my Best Buy spokesperson, to state the obvious, the way we watch movies and TV shows is much different today than it was decades ago. Making this change gives us more space and opportunity to bring customers new and innovative tech for them to explore, discover, and enjoy. Um, so I feel sad about that. I don't know how y'all feel. Um, something else I'm sad about and that is being ruined by the progress of technology. Kevin, how much would you pay for Twitter? The uh, zero. I, I mean, it's always been free. So far. Enter oh. Elon <laughs> Musk. So in his attempt to one, monetize Twitter and two, com allegedly combat bots. They're starting a new not a bot program. They're testing it in two countries right now, but guess how much they're gonna they're gonna charge for for Twitter, Kevin? He's trying to do. Oh, I hope it's not double digits. I I I hope like uh, if he's gonna start charging for Twitter, let's just pray that it's like five bucks a month or something like that. It's honestly not that bad, although I'm I hate it. It's a dollar currently in U.S. currency. It's a one U.S. dollar. Um, this is guess the two countries that this is happening, and it's so it's so goddamn random. I don't know how they okay. chose this. Wait, wait, wait! Just who? So far, they're they're, te they're testing it in two countries. Okay, and you said it's random. It's really random. I have no idea how they chose these two countries. Okay, let's go with France and. Uh okay, let's let's go other side of the world. Let's go, yeah. Let's go with France and the Philippines. You got one of them. <laughs> you got okay. one of them. It's the Philippines and New Zealand. New Zealand okay. So they're testing this program out now. Um based on what we know so far, is that new users who are willing to pay will be able to perform certain actions on the web version of the platform like post content like posts reply repost quote other accounts posts and bookmark posts people who do not pay will only be able to 
read posts, watch videos, and follow accounts. So you can either it looking's free, but touching's gonna cost you pretty much. Mm-hmm. So according to Elon, this is the only way that you can combat bots without having to ban real people's accounts. I don't know. I think this is absolutely stupid. Um, the $1 feels like it's not even worth it to charge, but also it's like, it makes it easier to swallow if you're willing to pay for it. I don't know if I'll like, I I honestly don't like once this, he does this, I don't think I'll be posting on my Twitter anymore. So. Yeah. If this rolls out a lot of people, at least from at least a lot of the people who use it right now will probably not want to pay that and we'll just find another like a threads <laughs> oh god you're just you're just pushing them towards zuckerberg elon yeah you're losing it and then you have to fight in the ring and win them back or whatever <laughs> Oh, Elon's never going to win that fight. Let's be honest. (laughs) I'm going to send smoke signals instead from now on. Learn Morse code. Yeah. Train carrier pigeons. Yeah. Skywriting. Mm hmm. All right. So moving on. um, Kevin, you know how previously it was a it was decreed that the Gollum game was the worst game of 2023. Yeah. Well, a game came out yesterday that has already taken the crown from the Gollum game. It's also based on a big IP. It's Skull Island, The Rise of Kong. It's a $39.99 action game that came out October 17th, developed by Iguana B, a Chilean video game studio who created... Um, G.I. Joe, Operation Blackout, Head Snatchers, um, and the game is published by Game Mill Entertainment, who are also publishing Nickelodeon's All-Star Brawl, which is getting a sequel sometime soon. Mm -hmm. Um, The description of this game is an exhilarating third-person action-adventure game that lets you become Kong on a journey of vengeance as you fight to claim your rightful place as King of Skull Island. Now, Kevin, in the notes page, I've linked a tweet. I need you to click on that tweet and watch the video really quickly for an actual cutscene from the game. Okay. Wait, this is 2023. This This is yesterday. Yesterday, <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> oh, yes, there's <laughs> that is ah, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I just like how there's like a it, there's like a pause for a sec. There's a pause, but also the worst part of it. Is that like you have the animated models, but at one point of like the of like the dinosaurs in King Kong, but at one point instead of like animating it, they just had like a a still. They had like a still shot. A still shot. Like they just imposed this photo 
of the dinosaur <laughs> roaring on top of the model of the dinosaur. It's it's awful. This looks like it's made even back in 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 the PS2 era. Like this would not have flown. Like we had a King Kong game in the PS2 era. It was Peter Jackson's King Kong movie adaptation video game. And I'm not going to lie, like I played it because my cousins had it when I went to their house because I we all loved the King Kong movie and it uh, was pretty good. Like I, you, there were only a couple levels where you played as King Kong, but they were good. They were fun. You had to like bash dinosaurs and T-Rexes or like run around the city and pick up cars and throw them. And then for the rest of it, it was like a survival shooting game where you're playing as Adrian Brody's character, but it was good. Now this comes out in 2023 and it's just this, awful glitchy button mashy nonsense of a game and like how how are you with as a game developer given a big ip like kong and you're just gonna publish that in 2023 how does that fly are you yeah, trying I to shut down are you trying to go the route of the golem are you trying <clears throat> actively trying to be worse than the golem game Somebody somebody wants to win that Raspberry Ward real bad. I don't even know if we have that for games yet, but oh my god. <laughs> I'm just looking at some of these stills and there's the no Kong way. Model, the King Kong model looks like the really clayish, plasticky, melted face look of like donkey kong from the tv show you remember that yeah. like 90s early 2000 like you know it's the night late 90s tv show of donkey kong where they all looked really really bad because uh-huh. computer animation had not really advanced yet yeah that's what this looks like in 2023 yeah it's, i know it's bad <laughs> like i'm looking at a <laughs> shot right now of the king kong ps2 game it looks significantly better. Like a game that came out in 2005, 2006. No, it was 2005. A 2005 game looks better than a game that came out 18 years later. That's Just hit that with a remaster and we're we're all good. Oh, yeah, no. that Again, that game was fun. It was yeah. a good. This could be nostalgia looking back, but it was good. So um, Moving on to some more video game news and trying to wipe that nonsense out of my head, but going into more nonsense. But uh, Microsoft has officially claimed ABK. It went through. Um, this is, I guess, because the UK and their um, Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA, which initially blocked the acquisition, allowed it to go through they said okay it's fine you can you you can buy abk the united states government has also tried to block it with um federal trade commission putting in lawsuits which were defeated and even though the sale looks like it's going through at this point the ftc said we remain (laughs) focused on the federal appeal process despite microsoft and activision closing their deal in advance of a scheduled december appeals court hearing Microsoft and Activision's new agreement with Ubisoft presents a whole new facet to the merger that will affect American consumers, which the FTC will assess as part of its ongoing administrative proceeding. The FTC continues to believe that this deal is a threat to competition, which I agree with. I think that they're just buying up all of everything, which on one hand, I can see it because like 
with exclusives on Sony. Like they have Spider-Man, which is coming out next. No, this week it's coming out on Friday. They mm-hmm. have all their exclusives. Microsoft can't make an exclusive that's good worth a damn anymore. So they have to just buy everything. But it, it seems very similar to that. Although like with pretty much with three big video game companies, Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony, and then Microsoft just buying up everything that isn't owned by Nintendo and Microsoft. It seems very shady. It also makes them look really fucking stupid where it's like, you can't make anything that's, so you just have to buy other people's stuff. You you, you can't just develop something good on your own. Like you failed pretty badly with Halo because no one is talking about Halo anymore. So you're just going to say, hey, you have a good, you, you've got some games. Let me just take them from you and make them our own. Um, so the official price of the sale was $69 billion, which I believe is the biggest acquisition in, in gaming history to date. Um, Phil Spencer said, today we start the work of bringing beloved Activision Blizzard and King franchises to the Game Pass and other platforms. We'll share more what you can expect to play in the coming months. We know you're excited. We are too. For the millions of fans who love Activision, Blizzard, and King games, we want you to know that today is a good day to play. You are the heart and soul of these franchises, and we are honored to have you as a part of your community. Whether you play on Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, PC, or mobile, you are welcome here and will remain welcome, even if Xbox isn't where you play your favorite franchise, which is really, really weird considering they're not bringing Skyrim to PlayStation. And they they didn't bring Starfield to PlayStation. So I don't think we can trust Blizzard or Microsoft personally. Um, they're just saying this now. And I, I, I honestly don't know. I don't, I don't think that the United States block that they're trying to do with the appeals court in December is going to go through, considering that the UK has already let it go through, considering that Microsoft already beaten one um, attempted block by the FTC. I think we're just going to have to accept that if you want to play anything ABK right now um, or if you want to play anything Bethesda right now, you're going to have to go through either PC or Microsoft. So, or not even PC, uh, PC or Xbox. Uh, I don't trust them when they say that there's going to be cross-platform X for anything except maybe Call of Duty because I think that they are contractually obligated for Call of Duty. But, Yeah. I don't. I don't think we can expect anything to come cross-platform anymore. I. I don't know. I mean, if it's going through, we we just got to figure out and hope that like cross-platform stays okay. But if it if it doesn't, I mean, it's it it does force you know another console war, which we might. We might be heading towards again. Uh, I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. I mean, I bought the Xbox for a, specific, for a few specific games, and they're not even out, and it, I don't know if they'll come out. And just, like, the Xbox, is, I'm using it for Starfield right now. My brother uses it for Overwatch because his PlayStation is kind of messed up. But it's kind of a, and like, I, I thought Halo would be good, but it was kind of messed. So it's kind of a dud platform right now so if they if they're using this to force people to be interested in microsoft again hope it pays off and hope the rest of us aren't 
shelling out ridiculous sums of money to get new more than one console, even though I that's what exactly what I did. <laughs> um, so last story for me is we got a bunch of new reveals for voice actors this week. Um, Rick and Morty premiered its its first season, and the new voice actors who I think sound pretty damn close to the original. There's a couple that of voices that they do that sound off and honestly pretty bad. I think the new voice for Mr. Poopy Butthole in Rick and Morty is awful. It sounds nothing like the original. It just, it sounds like it's aping, which I think it's probably one of these new voice actors, but at least mm-hmm. for Mr. Poopy Butthole, they're really trying to get it, but they're so far off the mark. But at least Rick and Morty themselves sound pretty close to the original that if, I think if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't really know. Um, the new actors are Ian Cardoni, who is playing Rick, and Morty is being played by Harry Belden. Um, this was a six-month process to go through all of the different people who were in the casting call. They went through thousands of different voice actors. Initially, Dan Harmon and another producer who were interviewed by The Hollywood Reporter said that it was pretty difficult for them especially to find the voice actor for Rick because they said that pretty much everyone else who auditioned just kind of sounded like Macho Man Randy Savage and didn't really... They could get the voice, but they couldn't get the intonation, the flow, and like the the delivery of the character quite what they wanted and quite what Justin Roiland was able to do in mm-hmm. and instead of casting them both as one role which is what Justin Roiland was doing um they wanted to keep it separate because they thought it's going it's a lot of work for one actor to do both of those roles and with Justin Roiland they noticed that it was like really wearing down on his voice and his energy to have to do both of the roles so they it was an intentional decision to cast two separate actors for them. Um, moving on, another voice actor that we got is we got the new Mario, um, Charles Martinet, who had been playing Mario since he's had a voice in 1991. Um, obviously has retired. He's now the brand and Mario ambassador. So um, the new actor for Mario and Luigi, who voiced the characters in Super Mario Brothers Wonder, which is coming out on Friday is Kevin Afghani, who is a, an actor based in LA. He's played um, Raditz in Dragon Ball R&R, Arnold in Genshin Impact, and some other stuff. It's not sure yet, it's, or it's not been announced whether he's going to be the permanent voice for Mario, but at least for now, he's, uh, he's voicing them. And finally, in voice acting news, we have the Boy and the Heron, which is Miyazaki's newest movie that's coming out. Um, it's his first animated feature in 10 years, and the English voice cast will be featuring Christian Bale as Soichi Maki, Dave Bautista as the Parakeet King, Gemma Chan as Natsuko, Willem Dafoe as Noble Pelican, Karen Fukuhara as Lady Himi, Mark Hamill as Granduncle, Robert Pattinson as the Grey Heron, and Florence Pugh as Kiriko. Um... It's a it's a good mix of veteran Miyazaki voice talent and new folks. So I'm excited for this. I think it's going to sound great, whether you watch it in Japanese or in English. So, yeah, that's it for me. As we wrap up this week, Kevin, uh, in one minute, any uh, any advice for, for us before 
Zoom kicks us out. Yeah. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention. Uh, tomorrow. Uh, get Jackbox Ten. Jackbox, the party pack ten comes out now. <laughs> um, it's already so, as Thursday. It's already out. So, there. yeah, a a lot of if you, if you're looking for a good time with like people who don't know how to break the ice or just want to have some fun at your uh at your Halloween party, this is a good way of doing it. You heard it here, guys. Jackbox ten is out. Make your uh, make your spoopy parties fun with some mini games and and whatnot. Um. Yeah, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you have a good time preparing for Halloween. And not quite yet. I want it to be Halloween already, but it's not quite there. <laughs> um, thanks for listening, and we will bring you more news soon. Um, as soon as I am done with my play this weekend, I can hopefully reconnect with my friend Maddie and see if we can get that interview scheduled. Hopefully, we'll see. Um, there's a strike going on against video games and voice actors, didn't you know? So we'll see how that affects everything. Catch you soon. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.